If you are under construction and committed to living life like it matters, you have found a home. Check us out on Facebook where we post new shows every day. Facebook.com slash LIM Radio. For information on my transformational leadership training where I teach you how to live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net. And if you have a spiritual appetite, check out my daily devotional with some wisdom from above at wayofwarrior.blog. That's wayofwarrior.blog. The time is now to live life like it matters. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to Living Life Like It Matters. I am your host, Mr. Scott V. Black. You can call me Mr. Black. You can call me Black. You can call me Scott. You can call me whenever you need encouragement, reinforcements. That's what I'm here for. You know, at Like It Matters, our saying is when you live your life like it matters, it does. And what's so powerful about that is it's a belief system. It's a goal. uh, And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And today on the podcast, we want to talk about what is your it. Because that's the key to life. Figuring out what is your it. Now, it is a nominalization. A nominalization is something you cannot put in a wheelbarrow. Like success. You cannot put success in a wheelbarrow. Like love. You cannot put love in a wheelbarrow. Uh, It is a nominalization. It falls in the category of generalizations. Uh, And the key with it is it's self-defined. See, we all need to have a definition of success. Uh, To laugh often, to love much. Uh, Charles Stanley calls success walking in the will of God. Maybe to you, success is a a relationship with God, or maybe success is defined by if A takes place, or non-success is if A does not take place. But we all need to have to define our lives. The good book says, it is appointed for man to die one time, and then comes the judgment. And what what will we be judged upon? will be judged upon what did we do with our time. And I'm going to suggest that most of our time will be focused on it. You see what I'm talking about? That it uh, is different for a lot of people. For some people, the it uh, is sleeping with as many people as they can. The it is physical pleasure. For some people, the it is worldly fame. It's having enough followers. Uh, It's wanting to be liked. It's being, quote, famous. For some people, it is building their own kingdom on this planet so that they can be remembered by what they did with it. And long after they're gone, it will remain. And the key as a leader is we must define what it is. Just like success, we must define success. Uh, Because if we don't have our success defined, if we don't have the value of our life defined, then how do we know if we're on course? How do we know if we're off course? How do you know if we can even get to there from here? Do you see the vagueness? Do you see how we can all be talking the same language, but it sounds like we're using a different dictionary? Make sense? You know, Arturo Toscanini, the great choral conductor, was once conducting Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. 
I mean, it was an incredible night. Everybody was on their A game. It was a perfect night. Everybody looked perfect. They played perfect. It sounded perfect. Everybody harmonized perfect. The orchestra was perfect. Uh, and man, the crowd knew that there was something special that they were just a part of. And so the crowd went wild. They stood, standing ovation, and applauded and kept applauding and would not stop applauding. And man, the orchestra stood and bowed, and man, they were glowing. Uh, They were full of themselves. They thought they were the cat's meow. They were everything. Man, they they were on this high. And with that, Toscanini saw this. He wrapped his baton down the music stand over and over and over to get the the orchestras uh, get their focus because they were all lost in the applause, all lost in the glory, all lost in the adulation. And you could see something was wrong with Tuscanini, and he's tapping his little baton on his music stand. Uh, and the inflection was like, what's wrong? And with that, Tuscanini said, gentlemen, Gentlemen, I am nothing. You are nothing. Beethoven is everything. 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 See, Toscanini knew that Beethoven was the it. It wasn't him. It wasn't them. It wasn't their little brass instruments or their little stringed instruments. They were saying it was Beethoven. Beethoven was their it. You got to figure out what is your it. You know, when a friend was comforting the Reverend Richard Baxter, who died in the the late 1600s, but on his deathbed, uh, his friend was uh, comforting him and with the remembrance of the good which many had received by his preaching and writings, Mr. Baxter replied, I was but a pen in God's hand. And what praise is due to a pen? You see, Richard Baxter knew the it. The it was God to him. And for a lot of us, it is God. It doesn't have to be God for you. But you got to figure out what is your it. In his classic work, The Master's Indwelling, Andrew Murray illustrated this problem of being distracted. He wrote, when a man is given a lecture, he often uses a long pointer to indicate places on a map or a chart. Do people look at that pointer, he, he posited? No. That only helps to show them the place on the map. And they do not think of it. It might even be a fine goal, but the pointer cannot satisfy them. They want to see what the pointer points at. Don't you get it? And the Bible's the pointer, pointing us to God, he went on to say. See, there's the it. And the same thing, where he wanted people to know what is the it doing. Andrew Murray knew what his it was. Again, it doesn't need to be your it. But you've got to find out what is your it. And for a lot of people, that comes down to a a religious experience. That's why I give you examples from people who have faith in God. I mean, whether you agree with it or not, look at the martyrs of the Islamic extremists, the jihadists, willing to give up their life. Now, we could argue, is there it a proper it? That's not what this show's about. And I'm not condoning suicide bombing. Please hear that. 
But there is something to be said about someone who believes in their it enough that they're willing to lay down their life. You know, when Alexander Duff was home on furlough from India in 1834, he visited missionary statesman William Carey. On his last visit before Carey died, Duff spent much of his time talking about Carey's work. Finally, Carey seemed to tire of it and whispered, pray. So Duff prayed. And after Duff prayed, he arose to leave the room, but Carey called him to his side. And he said, Mr. Duff, and he said it with all the graciousness in the world. You have been speaking about Dr. Carey. Dr. Carey. Dr. Carey. And with that, he said, when I am gone, please say nothing about Dr. Carey. Speak about Dr. Carey's Savior. May we too call attention to our it. The one thing that we are about. Is it knowing God? Is it making God known? Is it the cure for cancer? Is it helping people in pain? Think about that. See, a lot of people have pain, and I learned a long time ago, hurting people hurt people. But some people choose to take their pain and use it to help other people. And so their it becomes the way that they can use their pain, their hurt, their brokenness from the past to help other people. you got to understand that. Few know that if it weren't for Edmund Haley, right? Haley's Comet, you know that, right? The world might never have learned from Isaac Newton, right? Isaac Newton discovered and introduced the laws of gravity in the 1600s, right? And that revolutionized astronomical studies, right? We all know that. So what happened, though, is, is Haley, where we get Haley's Comet, uh, it was Haley who challenged Newton to think through his original notions, Haley corrected Newton's mathematical error and prepared geometrical figures to support his discoveries. It was Haley who coaxed the hesitant Newton to write his great work, Mathematical Principles of Natural Philosophy. It was Haley who edited and supervised the publication and actually financed his printing, even though Newton was wealthier and easily could have afforded the printing cost. Historians call it the most selfless example in the annals of science. Newton began almost immediately to reap the rewards of prominence. Haley, well, he got his little due. He, he received a little credit. He did use the principles to protect the orbit and return of the comet that would later bear his name, but only after his death did he receive any acclaim. And because the comet only returns every 76 years, right, the notice is rather infrequent. Haley remained a devoted scientist who didn't care who received the credit as long as the cause was being advanced. That's what your it is. What do you want so bad that you're willing to risk looking like a fool? What do you want so bad that you're willing to invest your entire life into it? What is your it? Because one thing I learned a long time ago, when you live your life like it matters, it does. We'll be right back. What can you do in 48 hours that changes your life? Like It Matters Leadership Awakening. Listen to this 22-year law enforcement veteran with PTSD compare Leadership Awakening to other training he's received. You focus on the individual. I think you kind of answered the why question, whereas a lot of the other programs that are out there, I don't want to say they put a band-aid on it, but they don't do a very good job of going into the why. 
and you know why am I doing this? Why is my brain uh, revert back to the images? You know why do I get depressed? And like you said, right, it's a choice. Forty-eight hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just forty-eight hours, and it will change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours will change your life. Welcome back to the podcast, Living Life Like It Matters. And the great news is this is a bi-weekly podcast. That means every Monday and every Thursday, we upload a brand new podcast. Uh, now, Monday's is story time with Mr. Black. That's powerful. It's a nice story with some embedded music that has a moral to it, a little like uh, Aesop fable or something like that. And so enjoy that. And then Thursdays is more than in-depth uh, podcast, uh, similar to our daily radio show called Living Life Like It Matters. Well, actually, it's called Like It Matters Radio, but that's where we daily help you live your life like it matters. And so you can go to likeitmattersradio.com, likeitmattersradio.com, uh, and listen to that and the podcasts are available uh, right after the show. They're put up as podcasts. And that is a, a weekly, a, a daily show, Monday through Friday, uh, that's aired 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's based out of Minneapolis, but it's heard all around the world. And you can listen to that live wherever you are in the world by tuning to www.freedom1570.com. And again, after the radio show uh, is played, I'm sorry, um, usually about 30 minutes afterwards, it's posted on likeitmattersradio.com in podcast form. And today, we're talking about what is it. You know, when the Israelites uh, were in the desert, you know, uh, they were fed for 40 years by something called manna. And the interesting thing is manna, uh, the actual word in the uh, Hebrew, the word manna means what is it? That's what it actually means. What is it? Uh, they didn't know what it was, but every morning when they woke up, this coriander seed, these little wafers, kind of like a, uh, a wafer you might get in a Catholic church, uh, they were all over the ground. And uh, they would pick up these and enough for the day because if they stored them overnight, and they would be maggots in the morning, except on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, they took a double portion, and those were fine the next morning when they woke up. But they were only supposed to take enough for the that day, uh, and if they took more than they needed, and there was a formula for it, then in the morning, that stuff that they kept that they weren't supposed to have was maggots. But it's interesting, uh, because the name for manna is actually, what is it? And so today, we're talking about, what is it? What is your it? Because when you live your life like it matters, it does. And the key to life is figuring out what it is. You know, how would you like to be remembered? And, and you will be remembered by how you spend your time. Do you spend it on it? And you will spend it on it. What you got to figure out is what it is. It reminds me of a story about 100 years ago. A man looked at the morning newspaper and to a surprise, to his horror, he read his name in the obituary column. Yeah. I mean, the newspapers had reported the death of the wrong person by mistake. His first response, of course, just like yours and mine would be, was in shock. I mean, am I alive? Am I here? Or am I there? 
And when he regained his composure, his second thought was to find out what will people say about him. You know, Covey talks about beginning with the end in mind. When we're at the end of our life, how do you want people to remember remember you? That's key. And so when this guy regained his composure, he wanted to find out what did people say about him now that they thought he was no longer on this planet. And here's what the obituary read. Quote, Dynamite King Dies was the headline. Dynamite King Dies. And also, another headline, he was the merchant of death. This man was the inventor of dynamite. And when he read the words merchant of death, he asked himself a question. Is this how I'm going to be remembered? Is this my it? So he got in touch with his feelings. He had a come-to-Jesus moment and decided that this was not the way he wanted to be remembered, that, that death and destruction, that dynamite, was not his it. So from that day on, he started working towards peace because he wanted peace to be his it. His name? Alfred Nobel. And today, he is remembered by the great prize, right? The Nobel Peace Prize. And just as Alfred Nobel got in touch with his feelings and redefined his it, we must take a step back and do the same. We must ask ourselves these these existential questions. What is your legacy? Why are you here? What is your it? How much time did you spend on it versus the other stuff that's frivolous, that is temporal, and is not it? When you're committed to it, when you focus on it, your life becomes about it. What is it? Did it matter? Right? And I love the picture, the commitment, right? One of our six words in Leadership Awakening, and you can read about that at likeitmatters.net, the most powerful two and a half days of leadership training available. But right in the middle of commitment is it. It's right there, big old IT. Because what really matters is not how you live and love, but what matters is what is your it. Because your it could be love. Your it could be difference making. Your it could be sex or self. But you will be remembered by it. You know, Dr. Viktor Frankl is the father of logotherapy. And during World War II, while the Nazis still occupied Auschwitz, uh, Dr. Frankel had some time to spend a little bit of time uh, in Auschwitz while the Nazis ran it. He lost his pregnant wife, killed by the Nazis. Pretty sure there was a mom and dad killed by the Nazis. I think there was a brother. The book is called Man's Search for Meaning. Man's Search for Meaning, and I will highly recommend it. It is truly uh, recorded uh, history about man's inhumanity to man. And once you realize that man is the problem, that man is the broken cog in the machine, and you realize what Einstein said, that, that a problem cannot be solved at the same level it was created at. If man is the problem, man can't be the solution. That's why you need to look at the logical levels by Dr. Robert Diltz. And he says there's six levels. Uh, The very bottom is uh, environment, uh, and then it's behavior, 
Above that's capabilities. Above that's belief system and values. Above that is identity. And above that is spirit. And I never knew what Dr. Einstein meant when he said you can never solve a problem at the same level it's created at until I met the logical levels by Dr. Robert Diltz. And if man is the problem, identity, then you must go the level above man to deal with it. Uh, and that is spirit. Spirit could be God for some of us. For some of you, it just might be your larger connection to the universe, your, your logotherapy, if you will, your existential reasons why. But while he was in Auschwitz, um, Dr. Frankel came up with the concept called logotherapy. And it's about a will to meaning. And what Dr. Frankel said was that, uh, you know, the Nazis could take everything. They could take our food. They could take our clothing. They could take our family. They could take our life. But they could not take our will. That must be freely given. And so logotherapy is a term derived from logos uh, and from therapy. So logos, a Greek word that translates as meaning, and therapy, which is divine as treatment of a condition, illness, or maladjustment. So Dr. Frankel came up with this concept that logotherapy is the pursuit of that meaning for one's life. This is the it. Why are you here? What do you want so bad that you want to be uncomfortable for a lifetime? What do you want so bad that you want to sacrifice your entire life for? See, we all mortgage our life. It's called a job. We exchange our time for a paycheck. But I'm going to suggest that we might want to consider exchanging our time for a purpose, exchanging our time for that great if, right? Victor Frankl's logotherapy is based on the premise that the human person is motivated by a will to meaning, an inner pull to find a meaning in life. Life has meaning under all circumstances, even the most miserable ones, is one of the principles of logotherapy. Our main motivation for living is our will to finding meaning in life. And Dr. Frankl posited that we have freedom to find meaning in what we do and what we experience, or at least in the stand we take when faced with a situation of unchangeable suffering. Isn't that powerful? And Dr. Frankel realized that we had to have a meaning. It was that meaning that his it to find a purpose in the suffering that allowed Dr. Frankel not only to make it through Auschwitz, but to take his terrible experience and impact hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, with a purpose. This is why our kids ask us, why, Daddy? Why, Mommy? Because they are creating belief systems. If A, then B. If A, then B. And everything we do in life is driven by a belief system. Everything we do or do not do is based on a belief system. And one of the most important belief systems is, what is the it that you are here for? I am Black. You listen to the podcast, Living Life Like It Matters. We'll be right back. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. 
Welcome back to the podcast, Living Life Like It Matters. I am Mr. Black, and today we are posing the question, what is it? The statement, the the slogan, the uh, the unstated mission statement for Like It Matters is found in the statement, when you live your life like it matters, it does. And today we're talking about what is it for you? What is it? Because unless you know what it is, how do you know what to spend your time on? Unless you know what it is, your purpose for existence, your reason for being created, for those of you who are children of God, why did God save you and keep you here? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night and get up the next day and do it again and again and again? Before the break, we were talking about logotherapy, uh, Dr. Viktor Frankl's work uh, in the, uh, the jail cells, the prison of Auschwitz. And according to Dr. Frankl, in the study of logotherapy, he says we can discover meaning in life in three different ways. First of all, he says by creating a work or doing a deed. That can be our it. Says number two, by experiencing something or encountering someone And that could cause our it to come into full focus. And thirdly, he said, by the attitude we take toward unavoidable suffering, and that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. And you can't do that unless you know what it is. And Dr. Frankel is responsible for one of my favorite quotes. He says, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your power. It is your freedom. Now, you've got to understand transactional analysis to understand a stimulus and a response to make this uh, statement have full power. But you've got to realize that nobody can make us anything. Our mind is six times faster than we can talk. And we have a tendency to go to what we know. You can tell a man's religion in time of despair. And so when someone hits a wall, when someone hits a doubt, when someone hits a fear, they go to what they know. This is why the programming is so important. Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again and again? What's your purpose? Why are you here? And when I say here, I don't mean here in your car listening to this podcast or here at your house listening to this podcast. I mean here on this planet. What is your purpose for existing? What is your it? And I want you to think about the statement, when you live your life like it matters, it does. It is technically a goal. It is a a, a, a creed, if you will, a statement for life. And one of the things that's so powerful about it is it fulfills all the elements of a well-formed outcome. See, in the study of neurolinguistic programming, we learn that there are basically six elements of a well-formed outcome. In other words, in order for a goal to be properly uh, set up, presented, if you will, it must have six elements. Number one, state your goal positively. State what you want, not what you don't want. State it positively. What occupies your mind, whether intentionally or not, tends to turn into behavior and reality. So the question I ask people over and over as I, I'm their life caddy is I take them through the powerful two-and-a-half-day leadership experience called the Leadership Awakening. 
You know, I ask them over and over, what do you want? What is the outcome you want? And then secondly, you must put your goal in context. You know, you know the five W's of journalism, where, what, when, where, high, uh, why, and all that, right? When, where, and with whom do you want this outcome? What will you see, hear, and feel inside as you consider this? It, it creates emotion. And by the way, you have to add emotion. By adding emotion, it will create your motivation, your commitment. It is the passion. It is the fuel. That's why a lot of people don't accomplish goals. Uh, they don't make them real. And that's why we talk about three steps to become your dreams. Want it, create it, live it. Want it's about desire. It's about creative discontent. Create it, it's about understanding how we work. Dr. Covey said it was one of the seven habits of highly effective people to begin with the end in mind. And so we've got to project ourselves in the future, see ourselves accomplishing our mission, right? Because when you change your position, you change your perspective. So, so future pace yourself, stand next to that you that's accomplished that mission. And what does that you look like? What does that you sound like? What does that you feel like? Because that makes it real. And then we go from the right side of our brain creating something to now it's a memory because you've already created it. And so now it's in the left side of your brain. And now you know what it looks like, you know what it sounds like, you know what it feels like. We call those things real. And by creating something out of nothing and making it real, you now activate the law of attraction. This is how you work. This is why I teach what I teach in my leadership classes. So you got to put your goal in context. Number three, express your goal in specific sensory terms. We just talked about that. Begin with the end in mind. Put yourself in the future. This process not only helps clarify and build a goal, it actually turns or tunes, I should say, your neurology. It has to be real. And what is real? What people can see, what they can touch, what they can hear, and if possible, what they can feel and smell. What will you see, hear, and feel when you accomplish this? Number four of the six elements of a well-formed outcome, evaluate honestly the effects of achieving your goals. Will you lose anything? That means what you have now, if you want to keep it, and by achieving this goal, if you were to lose it, you're going to have competing belief systems. You're going to have a part of you that's going to self-sabotage yourself. You need to realize that one time I was working on a person who wanted to quit smoking, and they'd do well for a couple days, and then they'd stumble. And we found out later why. Because part of the relationship with this person's wife was at the end of their day, their connection was they'd sit out on the balcony. They lived on a golf course. They'd sit out on the balcony. They'd have a glass of wine, uh, and they would smoke. And it was a way for them to recap their, uh, their day, a way to rebuild their relationship, to establish a foundation. And so there was a competing belief system. There was a part of him that didn't want to quit smoking because that was tied to his deepening relationship with his wife. And so if he quit smoking, then he would no longer have that continuing deeper relationship with his wife. And so one would negate the other. And so that's why he, at the unconscious level, he had a tough time doing this. And then you got to ask yourself this question. I know it sounds bad, but am I sure I really want this? What impact will achieving this have on the rest of my life? What will happen if I do not accomplish this goal? Number five, choose a worthwhile goal. This is it. This really gets us in more into the it. Your goal should feel worthwhile to you. It doesn't matter if it is to others or not. You need to identify the positive consequences of your outcome. 
You may not usually think in this depth when setting day-to-day goals. When you aim at positive, worthwhile targets, your system naturally motivates you to pursue and achieve your goal and overcome the obstacles. That's why you need desire, because desire will make you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, hit it again when other people quit. And finally, lastly, you must choose a goal that you can fulfill yourself. It needs to be in your control. If it is dependent on someone else, you can't control someone else. And so this does not mean that you have to abandon your goal if it concerns somebody else, but you may have to rethink it and state it in such a way that you play the prime role. In other words, can you take charge of the changes required? Does it depend on me? Do I need others? How can I do it? See, this is where it comes down to when you live your life like it matters, it does. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It needs nobody else. You act as if you can, as if you will. And this brings us to the need of a mission statement. You need to have a statement that clearly defines who you are and what you do and the quality in which you do it. You know, sometimes we got to begin with the end in mind because when you change your perspective... It's changed by changing your position. And sometimes because we think we're going to live forever and that tomorrow will always come, we need to realize that at some point we will all take our last breath. And then whether you believe in God or not, you will stand before God because the Bible says it's appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. And what you got to decide is what are you investing your life in? What is your it? And right now, there's a lot of confusion in the world, and there's a lot of things pulling on us, and there's a lot of negativity and bitterness. And so you need to go to a source that can help you figure this stuff out. Even as good as I am with neuro-linguistic programming and transactional analysis and logotherapy and multiple intelligences uh, and transactional analysis and all that stuff, even theology, I need to make sure that what I'm investing my life in matters because I believe that we'll go through a fire judgment, those of us who believe in Christ. And only what we did for God, because of God, in the name of God, to the glory of God, will withstand that fire. And based on what comes out of the fire, then we'll be rewarded. So if you need some help figuring out what it is, go to likeitmatters.net. I can help you figure out your it, not my it, but you're it. I have a two and a half day intensive training that will forever change your life. And we're traveling right now. We're going to be in Vegas. We're going to be in Boise. Uh, we're going to be in Little Rock, Arkansas. Our home base is in Dallas, Fort Worth. And we're, we're looking forward to getting back to Minneapolis if we could just get some new leaders in there that aren't going to shut everything down based on a little bug. So I am Mr. Black. Tune in twice a week, Monday and Thursday, for the podcast, Living Life Like It Matters. Because when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net 
where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters. 